This is Nikki Toyamasito, the Executive Director of Christians for Social Action, and your host for 20-Minute Takes. Today, we talk with Bishop David Zach Nidengia of Uganda, and he helps us unpack how important it is to recognize who the object is of our worship, and how following Jesus of Nazareth leads us to ask some pretty tough questions about the systems of power that we find ourselves within. Join us for part one of this conversation with Bishop David Zach Nidengia. I'm here with David Zach Nidengia. Thank you so much for joining us here on 20 Minute Takes. Happily, delighted to be uh, in this conversation. Always, always delighted chatting with you, Nikki. Oh, you're so you're so kind. Okay, so the first question I have to ask is: People know you as Bishop Zach, and others as David, or and for me, I'm Asian, so I had to put the Pastor David on. Do you have a preference as to how I how we talk today? Uh, honestly, just Zach is good. Oh, really? Zach okay, is good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if you need to, Bishop Zach is good. Okay. Okay, fantastic. That that might help my honorific uh, posture culturally. Can you tell us a little bit about the context where you usually are in Uganda? Where is it that you see the movement of God, and how does that give you hope? Ah, that's a big question, Nikki. Um, I live in Kampala, uh, Uganda. Uh, Uganda um, is uh, is uh, a lovely, lovely, amazing place. Uh, truly, truly gifted by nature. Uh, flora, fauna, natural resources, the whole range, um, diversity of landscapes, just simply phenomenal. However, it's also a country that has experienced um, uh, poor, horrible, uh, the management of uh, the public affairs. It's the management of the state. So we're also a country that has known much violence, uh, injustice, inequalities, so you, you wouldn't, having described the amazing, amazingness of the natural resources, mm-hmm. beauty, and, and everything, the endowment of the people, diversity of cultures, very rich. However, uh, you can't feel it mm-hmm. in the economy of the country, mm-hmm. in the political economy of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, really, really uh, a sad story in terms of the... Uh, development of the management of public life society. Uh, so I have, uh, over the last uh, 20 years, been really engaged in um, seeking a path, uh, joining others, working with others uh, from the vantage point of uh, a long time of service within uh, the church, mm-hmm. uh, within Christian organizations, mm-hmm. Uh, but seeking to ask the question, how do we build a more just society? How mm-hmm. do we um, so that's been a preoccupation of my life. Over the last uh, 10 years, uh, more actively and more full-time, uh, because I took another retirement from serving as the assistant bishop of Kampala mm-hmm. uh, to be able to um, devote uh, uh, all the time to this uh, initially uh, within um, universities. Mm-hmm. So I had a stint as a visiting fellow at Makerere University in the School of Law, uh, running the Religion and Human Rights Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, religion, Human Rights and Peace Project, uh, which I did for uh, close to three years. Then I had also another stint at Uganda Christian University. But since then, engaged in um, political activism, social justice, good governance, um, in uh, 
context of um, you know engaging with political actors, civil society, mm-hmm. mobilizing the churches. So yeah, that no, that's that's so fantastic. I think um, would you describe yourself having gone on a journey that was an awakening of your Christian faith to these types of engagement, or have you always been oriented in that sort of a way? I look back. Uh, this is always in hindsight, mm-hmm. and truly grateful for my upbringing, uh, my father and my mother as people committed to the gospel and to the church. As I look back now, I am grateful that I can say this, that my parents were more committed to the gospel mm-hmm. than they were to the church, mm-hmm. and the two are different, Interesting, uh-huh. because the church is the religious institution mm-hmm. of Christianity, mm-hmm. and I am grateful that Now, as I look back, that my father's commitment to the gospel was much deeper than it was about the church. So he, the church as an institution uh, for the various things it did to him or didn't do to him. And so he actually disconnected with the church as an institution. He was an evangelist, uh, church planter, uh, better really an evangelist uh, uh, because the language of church planting wasn't there, but involved in building communities uh, of faith. Uh, across the whole area. and um, But he disconnected with the institutional church uh, very early in his, um, uh, in his early 40s because it wasn't reflecting what he believed uh, the gospel was about. So I would indeed say looking back, yes, it's been a journey of uh, seeking now in hindsight again, uh, following Jesus, uh, certainly uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, yes, it's really about faith uh, in God. I guess the deepest question has been, who is God? And what is that conclusion about the imagination of who God is? What are the implications for life in the world? How do I understand within that frame um, my um, location in the world? So I think that that is what I would say. And over time have been Rethinking uh, inherited narratives, uh, both from uh, the organizational spaces uh, as well as institutional spaces that I have had the joy and the privilege uh, to encounter or be uh, part of. And uh, yeah, so it's definitely absolutely part of a journey of seeking God, a journey of seeking to understand who uh, the Almighty, the Creator, the Lord of the universe, who he, he, she is really. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and um, I must admit, I have difficulties now with uh, explaining all this within the English language. Oh, uh-huh. because I also recognize that the English language now is a problem because uh-huh. every time yes. you speak about um, the the Almighty, the Creator, the the the, the Lord Almighty, yes. then you must be stuck with he or she, I see. which is problematic uh-huh. because that we don't have that problem in my mother tongue. Is that right? But this is a problem within the English language. Yes. So yes, to yeah. even describe all this uh-huh. uh, in the English language is problematic uh-huh. because the English language can't say it as the way yes, as the way your heart it. language says it so yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I have found really shaping to me is some conversations you and I have had about this idea of bearing witness um, and about, uh, I, I think it's in response to this question of who God is and how we respond within our social context. 
Um, and you mentioned some of the narratives that you're engaging with and rethinking. Can you say a little bit more about this idea of bearing witness and Christians working for the common good? And then can you talk a little bit about um, how that is uh, maybe a corrective or response uh, to some of the other narratives that you were given or handed? I think I would immediately say that I wouldn't make a claim to be uh, engaged in a corrective process. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so a I generative one, a creative one. I think I would say that I'm seeking to live the life uh, as I have imagined and reflected and understood who God is and the revelation of God in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, and so I. Actually, several years ago, not even too long ago, I would be using the word obligation. I would be using the word, the obligation of the gospel. I would even possibly say the, the response to the gospel. I would use words that, uh, but now I am more intentional of recognizing that uh, it's really living out uh, the life of Christ in me and through me. Uh, there are some words that the Apostle Paul uh, writes uh, to the Galatians, where he says, uh, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith. So it's a sense of it's, it's letting the Christ in me and I in Christ, because I also have really come to grips with the way in which I understand or name the reality of the life in Christ, every time, which is my socialization, my, my learning was, the emphasis was a lot to do with Jesus is in me, you know, uh, Christ is in me, and Christ is in me, the hope of glory. But realizing that there is a, even a more profound truth, which is that I am in Christ, and I am in Christ is a greater truth to live by than Christ is in me. Both are true, but I have come to the conclusion that there is actually a sense in which we can talk about hierarchy of truth. So the reason, therefore, it's, it's, it's I am in Christ, Christ in me. And this journey, this life, is seeking a greater encounter, life, a life in God, in Christ. What does that look like? And therefore, it can't be about me changing the world, for I have absolutely zero, you know, I, it's, it's about how do I let the life of Christ so define who I am, my relationships, my encounters. It's, it's therefore a response to the promptings of the Spirit in whom I live and who dwells in me, those two realities. And therefore, the reason why it is bearing witness is that I, located in this moment, in this world, at this time, it's the witness of the Holy Spirit in me, through me. And my job is the extent to which I, I respond in obedience. I respond in letting that life define who I am. Now, what does that look like? As you read the story of Jesus of Nazareth, you can't miss the fact that the, the beauty of creation um, and, and the revelation of God in the person of Jesus of Nazareth uh, is a revelation of one who created the heavens and the earth. So you begin in Genesis. 
and and the flourishing that we ex- we see in the myth the mythical story of uh, of uh, of uh, uh, the garden of eden uh, where there is human flourishing there is creation flourishing in a sense you can say that it is right order in a sense you can say the ordering of life whole life in the garden it works you know there is flourishing all over in a sense you can say it's just order you know uh, because everything there is a right ordering of power you know the relationships power patterns you know so i've really come to a place in which it's to see life itself uh, in terms of patterns of power because we are in relationship life is about relationships and the nature of our relationships and how we inhabit those relationships is primarily to do with uh, patterns of power that define those relationships and um so yes um therefore coming to conclusion that the 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 story of mission is about dominating the other is about uh converting the other is about making the other look like you i mean that's the story of the history of mission and yet really with the diversity both of creation of humanity is part of the beauty of being human of the of the beauty of flourishing and what the work of Jesus does the work of the holy spirit in each one of us who dwell in that reality uh, is that hopefully we become better human beings in other words our uniqueness thrives and it's and Jesus said uh, when i am lifted up i will draw people to myself the work of conversion is not our work it's the holy spirit who does the work of convicting uh, of showing the light uh, of the gospel ours is to let that life of christ be so manifest hence the word witness witness bearing witness to a reality that is even bigger and greater and mightier than us and 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 coming to grips with that revelation in christ in the person of jesus of nazareth that god the creator redeemer sustainer uh, the supreme one is love god is love uh, god is peace shalom uh, god is righteousness holiness and that that reality is the place we are, we are invited by the spirit to live wow can you connect the dots cuz as i'm he- as i'm hearing you talk about this um i'm making some connections to the ways that you are engaged with political systems um both in the flourishing of your community and your neighborhood um can you connect the dots to me a little bit of how is what you just described how does that inform or fuel or what's the relationship of that with some of the work that you're doing with some of the systems and structures in society i've come to a place in which to understand life in terms of patterns of power mm-hmm. it's about power okay. love is power wow love is power wow love is a way of defining certain patterns of power that don't dominate uh, peace shalom the same righteousness the right ordering of power you know that's what justice is about and if you look the language in the story of jesus the language of the gospel gospel is originates 
in the language of empire. Uh-huh. Gospel was good news uh-huh. uh, within the Roman uh, political power structure. Empire. I mean, when a successor prince was born, uh, the there was the heralding of that good news of empire is that uh, <laughs> the good news was uh, a successor has been born. You know, the empire has a successor. The practice so of the, the empire. Yes, yes. Uh So it's about practice of power. So, but you see, in the story of Jesus, he imbues fresh, more profound meaning to what is good news. So, good news is a different way of exercising power. What is that? It's the exercise of power within this love, justice, holiness, righteousness, shalom. So, uh, go back to the language of Christ. Christ. Uh, the anointed one, the one who rules the way God rules. Christ is, is the language itself about power, the rule. The, wa- the language we use and we read in the gospel story, the kingdom of God, your kingdom come, that's the prayer. Your kingdom, it's your rule come. It's uh-huh. about, therefore, it's, the question is how God rules. Now, the way in which human beings, mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. who and I would argue the nature of sin is less about moral, immoral acts. It's a lot more to do with who we worship. Who is it that defines our existence, how we define ourselves? Who defines the patterns of power in which we live? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God is love. God is justice. God. Once we live within that framework, those patterns of power, of love, of justice. We cannot but seek to see them in the world. So Jesus says when we pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. My piece of earth is Uganda. My piece of earth is the continent of Africa. And I have the privilege of engaging globally. So in a sense, I have the privilege of uh, you know, widening the scope of that earth. And it's the, the longing for just order, the longing for order in which there are, it's not the building of walls, but building bridges. Therefore, reconciliation, therefore, the flourishing of, now, of humanity, the yes. flourishing of creation. Yes. And you see, those entrusted with political power, those entrusted with uh, uh, political power, the job is about structuring power patterns for society. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the job of political power. Mm. It's entrusted power mm-hmm. to structure how society coheres. Mm-hmm. The tragedy is this, that those who are entrusted with the political power in our world use political power not for the good of all, the common good, but they use it for the few. They abuse power. They abuse entrusted power. The story of violence is a story in which one group of human beings seek to enjoy the world by themselves and that piece of the earth I have spoken about. So Mm -hmm. your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven is longing for a just order. Mm -hmm. Consequently, the call upon us, the witness of the gospel calls us to live and to seek just order, a political economy that is inclusive mm. and 
That's the work of politics. Mm, mm. It's the work of business. Mm -hmm. A just economic order, mm -hmm. a just social order. Mm -hmm. That is the work of politics. Hence, my commitment to seeking to work to see that kind of order becoming uh, uh, reflected. In, in response or in seeking to live out that prayer, your kingdom come, mm -hmm. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, I could, you know, I, I'm not really now oriented to proof texting. I, I think that the way in which we, we also, we, we, we tell, we let the story of the scriptures inform us. Unfortunately, we've reduced it to proof texting. I could say that that, as I read the gospel story from Genesis to Revelation, it's inviting us to inhabit the world uh, in that way. Mm. Love, mm -hmm. justice, holiness, righteousness. And it's not to do with uh, morality, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a sin here, bad behavior here. That is really very secondary. It's about the exercise of power. It's about power patterns. It's about the right ordering of power, mm -hmm. how we relate with one another. Yeah. 20-Minute Takes is a production of Christians for Social Action. We're produced and edited by David DeLeon. I'm your host, Nikki Toyamasito, and the music is done by Andre Henry. You can find us on the web at christiansforsocialaction.org. Give us five stars, write a review, and share about the podcast with your friends. 